Hello, welcome everyone back to uh, Connection Sports Media Podcast. I'm Cody, joined by my good friend Steve. We made it to episode two, Steve. How's it feel, man? This is exactly two more episodes of podcasts than I've ever done in my life. So, hey, <laughs> we did it. We did it. We made it. Uh, let's give ourselves a nice round of applause. Uh, what a time. We've done more than the Cubs and White Sox have uh, over the last 24 <laughs> oh. hours. Look at us. Uh, 24 um, hours is giving them a little bit of a long leash, too. It's yeah, that's nice. true. That's true. Um, so tonight we are joined by a, a good friend of mine. I would consider him at this point a good friend. Um, and I, I also work with him. And uh, most people would know him if they follow, if they listen or watch the CHGO Cubs podcast. Um, And uh, we're going to talk to him for about 40, 45 minutes. And then there's a few uh, newsy things related to the industry that we're going to discuss after he leaves. But I want to welcome my good friend, uh, Luke Stuckmeyer, to the show. (laughs) What's going on, man? What's up? First of all, that's a real tease. You, you have me and you're dragging people all the way to the end to get to the good stuff. That's not fair. Second of all, <laughs> I, I think you're gonna, this, I thought you were going to come on and say we are blessed to have Luke Stuckmeyer on the podcast and said, oh, this is great. Luke's here. This is great. <laughs> Just giving um, Cody all the crap is, is, yeah. always, is what I live for. And Steve, I don't know, but like, I don't know if you know this, but on our CHGO podcast, somebody thought my name was Steve. So I have an obvious shirt that says Steve. So it, that's great. Send me your well, size. We'll see if we can get a second I, uh, one made up. I listened to, cause I'm a White Sox fan. So I listened to one of the crossover crossover episodes once with you and Sean and Herb. And that kept coming up. I was like, why are they talking to me right now? Cause it was Cody saying it and Cody and I went to college together. So I just like, I was very confused for about an hour, but I made it through. Yeah. It was somebody in the chat just kept putting comments like Stephen Cody, stop talking about. I was, we were like, who's he talking to? <laughs> live, live radio and television and podcasting, it, it's always an adventure. We'll put it That's that right. That, that yeah. it is. We'll yeah. do it live. Always. We'll do it live. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry for my bad introduction, Luke. You know, I, I will. Uh, yeah, I know you don't care, but I, you know, I I will make it better next time. All right. Uh, oh, our good friend Michael Claude has already joined Luke. Uh, he says, just want you to know, Ricketts is also cheap on this podcast, too. Uh, look at this guy. Look at this yeah. guy. Just, you know, he is he is here for every show. I, I appreciate it. So um, we're not going to talk about the Cubs, though. I have joked around with Steve. Uh, yeah, with Steve um, that if Correa or someone signs with the Cubs during the show, Sorry, that we Steve. will just have to. We will have to immediately stop, and then we'll have to go do that other do the CSO Cubs podcast because that's what we're paid to do. I understand. Um, but yeah, so if breaking sports news interrupts this, I will be right. glad to have been a part of it. Yeah. Right. So what I was thinking is, if that were to happen, what a moment it would be for this show to get the reaction of me and <laughs> me and Luke right away. Yeah. Um. But also, um. I'd just be very, 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 very surprised. So uh, that's why we're doing this because I'm just, I've lost basically all hope, but whatever. Um, Talk about anything but baseball. Yeah, yeah. We're just not going to talk about the Cubs or the White Sox. And I honestly, I feel like it's like good for us right now. Like, especially (laughs) me, because I'm just like, I'm going through the roller coaster, Luke. Like, you know, I know, I know. I'm going through it. 
Steve's got it though, man. His team's supposed to be winning the World Series, hey. and they're they're sitting out there doing nothing. They're, Mike Clevenger is going to save the White Sox. Yeah, sure. Sure he is. Well, cats will fix cats will fix them. But cats right, the White Sox got rid of Abreu and added Clevenger, and somehow things are fixed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it works. <laughs> got it. That's the way it works. Basically, stay healthy is is the White Sox way. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the one away guys like to say, uh, <laughs> "It's." We'll get we'll get through it together. We'll get yeah. through it together. That's right. Okay. So uh I guess to start off, so obviously this podcast is all about like the media industry and just how we got into it. And like I've sat at work and listened to Luke tell me a few stories. He's told me some stories about, you know, Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood and having to like work with those guys at, while working at NBC. But like I've never really got to got to know Luke in terms of like just the whole process of getting to NBC or, or CSN is like a lot of people know. So like Luke, I, I I'm going to need you to uh, give us, give us the deets, man, because like, it's, I know it's, I know it's you don't a long have, story. You said 45 minutes. We're down to 40 already. You don't have that much time. <laughs> it's a long road. A all long right. Road. Well, all right, I'll do the what? summarized version. All right. Okay. Okay. So in, when I was in high school, a, my first cousin was working – well, he was – when I was in early high school, like freshman year or something like that, maybe eighth grade, my first cousin was at the University of Colorado, and he started interning at the NBC station in the sports department in Denver. So he met somebody, started interning. By the time he was like a junior in college, he was – now a producer at that TV station. He was producing sportscasts for the NBC station in Denver. By the time I got to college a couple of years later, I had now decided, well, my cousin Mark is going to Broncos games and hanging, you know, meeting John Elway. Like I was a Broncos fan too at that time. And I was like, and he's getting paid for it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea what I was, awesome. I was not a good student. I, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, you, you sucked at math like me. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't math and I can't science. So I was like, well, <laughs> all right, let's try that. So when I went to Valpo, I went into broadcasting, although at that time it was just communications, so really yeah. nothing. And then uh, my cousin, by the time I got to my junior year, was now the executive sports producer at that station in Denver and in charge of internships. So after my junior year, before my senior year at Valpo, I – drove out to Denver, lived with my cousin and his wife and interned for the summer at the NBC station there. So, and I went to every, his wife worked for the Rockies. His first wife worked, worked for the Rockies. So we went to every first game the Rockies ever played at mile high. In the meantime, I was interning at the NBC in Denver. I had an anchor there who was awesome. He recently passed away, Les Shapiro. And every night he would sit me down that we had like I don't know, seven or eight interns, right? Mm -hmm. And you could do as little as you wanted to. If you wanted to just show up and watch games, you could show up and watch games. Previous interns at this station, Chris Fowler and some other big name guys had gone through the same exact station. And they told me, they said, when Chris Fowler was here, he used to make tapes of himself and, and try and do the sports in the mirror every night. And I was like, oh, that's a little far for me. But like, they said, you should learn how to write scripts. So the anchor would make me write three scripts every night. And at the end, when after he did a sportscast, 1030 at night, he'd go through these three scripts that I'd take off an Associated Press wire or whatever. 
and rewrite them my own way, he would tear them to shreds. Word, word by word, tear them to shreds. And that's how I learned the importance of writing first television and how to write mm -hmm. scripts and how sports was different than news, how it was different than print journalism, how it was different than radio. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that. Then I went back to Valpo, interned. I used to drive on Tuesdays and Thursdays to South Bend like an hour um, and worked at uh, intern at WSBT in South Bend. Did a lot less for that internship. It was a lot more watching sports and just kind of hanging out. But I had a resume tape between the two stations. Graduated college and nine months later, I had zero job offers. <laughs> like, feel that. Feels about right. Yeah, zero. <laughs> I drove, I can remember driving to Rockford. And again, like not everybody's graduating college with a resume tape with like John Elway was in it. I was doing sportscasts on our like a, a big TV station set, right? Like I had a great background. Nothing. Why? I, well, one of the reasons was I looked 14. Okay. So I, I, I really honestly looked 14. So I drove to all the Rockford stations and I can remember the one station I went to, I, I, I told the guy I was coming. He said, come on. I showed up and he basically was like, yeah, I got your tape. And then he just looked at me blankly and I'm like, well, do you want to look at it or talk about it? No, I just drove back home to Arlington Heights. It was like, what? I sent tapes everywhere scott bluff nebraska you name it nothing finally i got a call nine months in from a tv station in the upper peninsula of michigan on lake superior in marquette michigan and it's market one i think it's 180 out of like 202 right mm -hmm. and the guy's like hey this is so and so uh, i know you applied for a sports mission and i'm like yeah he's like well, I'm not calling you about that, but I do have a, <laughs> I do have an opening as a news producer. And I was like, what do you mean news producer? And he's like, well, you would, you would be the weekend news producer for our, our weekend newscast. So you would make the rundowns, produce the whole show, sit in the booth, edit the entire show on three quarter tape. I'm like, what do you mean the entire show? He's like every tape for the show. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I was like, well, I, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even pay for a hotel. Okay. Right. So I drove like eight and a half hours. It's like three and a half hours straight North of green Bay. Oh, wow. I got there and I got there the night before and it was like a motel eight and <laughs> yeah. they, like, yeah, they got like three hotels in town and a blizzard was going through and it was like 35 below zero. Oh, and Lord. I had my, I had this old car that I had in college and I'm like, this is my first ever like interview. Like I got up every hour on the hour and started this car. So I knew it would start in the morning. Cause I'm like, my car is going to die and I'm not going to get to the, so I would, I was sleeping in the car. I was driving, turning the car on. I wake up in the morning and there's 23 inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, so I called the station and I'm like, Hey, so. My name's Luke. I was supposed to come in and meet Steve. Um, I was supposed to meet Steve Asplin, the news director. And uh, I, I'm assuming the interview's canceled. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I mean, there, there's like two feet of snow on my car. And she's like, come on in. Welcome to Michigan. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> All right. That, that should have been my first clue, right, guys? That, that should have been when I was like, I'm out. And yeah. uh, I got their interview. The guy offers me this job. So I made... 13 grand 
for my first job producing and I was editing all the tapes. And I mean, and then I was a news reporter during the week, which was by far the worst thing I've ever done in my life. You know, there, there is no, there is no job that's less rewarding than being a news reporter in the middle of nowhere, where you're just going to like, if you're oh, yeah. lucky, you're going to a town hall meeting. Oh, right. Yeah. And, There's, it's interesting because Champagne, I live down in Champagne, and it's, the market size, it's not, it's, it's down there, and it's definitely a feeder station too. But it's not one. Steve, it's Steve. It's, it's not Marquette, Michigan. Let it's me not Marquette, you. Michigan. If, if Champagne had called, I would have walked. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always people kind of complain on social media sometimes because the good anchors and the good reporters aren't here very long because right. that's what kind of sucks about local television and local radio television more so than radio you, you have to move you have to be willing to move to move up and going from marquette michigan to to where where, where was the next step then so the next step uh was lincoln nebraska which uh i, I won't do the whole thing here but there there was some blackmail involved there there <laughs> were there were some uh payments of checks to get out of there i mean literally craziness to leave a thirteen thousand dollar job where it snowed 400 inches the year I did weather. <laughs> wow. I think you showed inches. me the picture. You showed I me the showed picture at work when of, I the, say of the feet of snow. Yeah. yeah. Keep in mind, like when we have our worst winter ever, we get like 37, 40 inches maybe yeah. of snow here. So 400 inches is like, it's the snowiest place in America. That's not like, oh, wow. It's snowier than Buffalo. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I left there. I got to... Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was there for 97, 98, 99, uh, I think one of the, uh, 2000. Um, and then from there to San Antonio, San Antonio was up until we launched uh, and got the job in Chicago, which was October, Labor Day, 2004. So it was a full 10 years of small market TV before I got back to Chicago. And realistically, that's all I ever went into it for was to be there when the Cubs won the World Series to cover Chicago sports. I didn't think either one was necessarily realistic, but, and, and you know, they weren't, but it mm -hmm. turned out well for me. Like I got really lucky. So I feel very fortunate for that. But the, the stops in between, you guys both know, like it's not, if you're not into it and you're going into this business, forget it. Forget just mm -hmm. just walk away now because the paychecks are horrible, the hours are worse, the holidays are miserable, the job is lonely and unforgiving. Like it's mm -hmm. just there, there aren't all I could say is I met some lifelong friends along the way and I I'm glad I actually took that path because everything that could go wrong in television was going to go wrong before I got to Chicago. Like mm -hmm. teleprompters going down have never ever bothered me on television because I did four years of it at the UP where it was going backwards, it was going <laughs> sideways, and you know, that we were off the air, the bars were on. I mean, you can't imagine the stuff that I saw in in just in Marquette, let alone you mentioned live TV. It's like some of the craziest stuff you could ever imagine happening on live TV happened on live TV. So you were ready for it by the time you got anywhere to get yeah, out of there. those those small market stations I the, the, you can you can sometimes tell when there's somebody that jumps into a big market and hasn't had that 
small market experience to where mm -hmm. they're yeah they're kind of green and they're like something one little thing goes wrong and the, everything else crumbles around them it's like you've got to be calm cool and collected <laughs> at all times now i i've always kind of stuck to radio um but even then i board hopping live sports something will go wrong every yeah. broadcast you just kind of have to, to deal with it and there's games where i call the game via a cell phone doing play-by-play -play for baseball in the yeah. middle of nowhere illinois literally on a flip phone, just calling play-by-play, -play, like making a phone call. But that's what you have to do. And it's there's always – everybody's got a story that is of like something failed, but we yeah. made it work. And yeah, we aired yeah. it. Should we have? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad I'm it was interested. before YouTube. Let me say that. Yeah. Yeah. Real well, glad. You, um, with that said, like I, I am interested you're – your uh take now on like because chgo obviously it's so much different than what you did yeah. at nbc or tsn or obviously before that like when i'd love to know like the process of like i don't know when kevin and jake came to you and like told you about this and like you're you're like weekends off really like <laughs> like 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 what what is this uh yeah well everything has changed so much like you guys know like mm -hmm. stuff i would have learned in college is so archaic at this point that it's like it's not even the same business just the change yeah. from local tv the first time from small market to the next one was a change then the adjustment to the next market was the same but when i changed from san antonio which was market 37 and had you know you had an nba team a double a baseball team covered the cowboys texas all that stuff mm -hmm. going from there to an all sports network was as drastic as it was going from comcast sportsnet csn nbc to what we're doing now, now it, it's an easier adjustment for me now because i'm older and have done more of it but like that that adjustment from a three-minute sportscast or a five-minute sportscast where I'm editing all my own stuff and every word, every second matters to an hour-long sportscast hosting it multiple times a night. Craziness, right? Yeah. So when they they kind of approached me about this, first of all, I wasn't doing any media stuff anymore. I hadn't – I'd stopped doing um, – after our son was born, I stopped doing sports at Channel 2. So I'd been doing three, four days a week at CBS 2. Um, and then I wasn't doing that anymore once our son was born. And so I was pretty close to being like, eh, I, I don't need the business anymore. Like I'm, I'm done with it. It's over. It's not the same as it was time to move on. And then Jake calls and it's uh, someone I respected who I worked with. And it was like, well, this sounds, you know, it sounds fun. <laughs> and, and you're asking about like the difference between the two. I think, you know, that is, that's one, it probably happened before that, but it's when I accepted that things weren't the same as they used to be. Like mm -hmm. Comcast Sport, comparing Comcast Sportsnet to NBC Sports is apples to watermelons. You know, it's, it's not even, it's not the same product. It's not, they're, they're not doing the same thing. So when this, when Jake told me about this, I said, well, it's different. And if you're not changing, then you might as well get out of the business, right? Because yeah. there are people still doing 
sports at NBC Sports, but they aren't doing they aren't doing sports night. They aren't doing sports rise. They aren't really doing shows. It's pre and post game. So there are, there are people still doing the job I did. And there are people still doing the job at local TV, but local TV is not necessarily the same right now either. And this was, I'm not going to say it was like some bold new idea, but we're different than anything that's out there. We're a mm. hybrid of different things that are out there. And just the idea to talk about it, it wasn't the weekends. Off. I mean, the weekends off were a drawing point to me, but I had built up enough seniority at NBC that I was off weekends anyways at that point, right? Unless I was mm-hmm. unless I was covering the Blackhawks, which at that point at the end, I wasn't anymore. So I did work weekends for sports or filling in for Pat Boyle or Chuck or whoever. But if I wasn't doing that, I had weekends off anyway. So that was that was part of it. But our schedule is certainly more flexible. Our our life to work balance is totally different. Right. Oh, and there's less production to it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, look, a lot, the production is a lot different. We're talking. We're about doing the same thing basically right, right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're using the same platform as we do at work. Right. I just think um, you got to be changing. Like right now, yeah. Cody. How different is it from what you were doing five years ago? Totally different, right? Or even totally when you're different. doing a podcast with a friend, right? It's it's different. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be just as different in ten years. Mm-hmm. I just feel like podcasting is so much more popular now than it yeah. was even five years ago. And I feel like five years ago was like the beginning of it really taking off like 2016, 2017. I feel like is when podcasts started really like blowing up. And now it's like, everyone has a podcast. Yeah. Like if you don't have a podcast, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing with your life at this point? You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't really have my own podcast, but I've been busy. Cody. Pe- Pe- I'd, l- I'd listen to it. Longer. I know my wife says I should do it. I'm like, we don't, I don't have time for another podcast. What are you talking about? You could, you would totally do a great food one stuck. Like uh, I know yeah, your I know. passion for food. You could, you, I don't know how you would do it. And I don't know how like the episodes would be. It's not necessary. <laughs> I, I will say this when, at every stage of change, there's always pushback from people. I've pushed back on every bit of it, whether it was going from VHS, from three-quarter tape to VHS, from VHS to Super V, from Super V to DVC Pro, from DVC Pro, like yeah. on and on and on. Like it continues to change to linear editing, right? Yeah. Then then the whole online thing came about and was like, then podcasts started coming out. I was like, well, this actually Twitter came and I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. But like, we're wasting. I was at spring training and I was, I think Patrick Mooney was there at the time. I think it was his first year. And they convinced us we had to do Twitter. And I signed up. Chuck Garfine had been doing it for like maybe six months or a year already. And I was like, this is crazy. Who's Who's reading this and why am I giving my information? <laughs> I kept saying to anybody that would listen, I was like, why am I doing what the newspapers are doing? They're all dead. They're giving their information away for free online before they can charge you for it. Why would we give all of our information away before people can pay to see it on television? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't I, listen. We all kept doing it and we, they're all out of jobs, you know? Yeah, but I, know I, I remember crazy. those days. I don't when, get uh, podcasts necessarily, but I, I see how popular they are and how fun they can be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, that's so funny that you say that about Twitter because, like, I used to think kind of the same thing. Like, like oh, why, yeah. why do like I would get like for sports, I would get like all the like beat people who would like tweet updates of like what's going on or whatever. But then after that, I'd be like, like, like what are you? Why are you giving everything away though? It's just so much. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Even the even like the even the beat writers like when I covered the Blackhawks. And did the sideline stuff. He'd go to the playoffs, and after every goal, penalty, um, scoring opportunity, you would watch the seven beat writers to your left. The computer screens would go bing, 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 and each one would update with the same exact thing. And I kept thinking to myself, should I be doing this? What isn't everybody watching this on the TV station that I'm talking on? Like, why am I sending out? Who am I sending these things out to? And I still think that's crazy. Like, bears up seven to nothing, 25-yard run. Like, what? Yeah. Well, Twitter's, now – That's not where Twitter's valuable. Twitter's valuable for finding information now. Yeah. Real information. Well, well and now it's changed from instead of just telling people what the score is, now people are putting out their hot takes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like – that's yeah. that's now what people are doing, you know. Like, that's not much of a new now thing. I, and I find myself checking Twitter well, at games. So I'm at I go to a lot of Illini basketball games. And I'll yeah. check games for the beat writers to see what they're hearing on press row because okay. we don't get that analysis yeah. that we get on television. So like if there's somebody's been not been in the game for a while, or like for example when Illinois lost to Penn state on Saturday, Michael may or Matthew Mayer didn't play most of the second half. And that's one of the things you're in the stands. You don't notice that as much because you right. don't see them all the time. You don't see the names cross, but they were kept. You could go to that Twitter. You can go to the line. I beat and see who was in and out and being up in row 22 of the 200 level. You can't really see it uh, mm-hmm. from up there, but that's the reason I use it in games when the signal works at the state farm center, which isn't always great either, <laughs> but, but you don't need a score update. No, no, that's like, right in front of my face. The score updates coming anywhere you want to possibly find a score update. So like yeah. the five minute score updates, I get what you're saying. Like there's information, even watching it on television, you might find something from a local beat writer that you won't hear over the broadcast. Right. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. See, and like Twitter for me now, like here, I'll just explain my brand, right? Like Luke, you know my brand. Like it's Fine. everything is everything is either really great or really awful, right? And I like really play that up. It's <laughs> not that it's fake, but like I'm really actually feeling that way yeah. about the Cubs more often than not. And like that's that's how people, will, whether you're a, you're a fan or you're just like a, a personality, like that's how people have made careers now. And like that's honest to me. That's kind of like what. Twitter is basically doing for people now to help build their careers. If, if that's the path that they take. So that's, Cody, that's Cody's me. mad at Wilson Contreras. He told us on the podcast today, but he's very much the Wilson Contreras of Chicago Cubs podcasting. He wears his emotion right here. <laughs> Not on the sleeves. You know, he carries. Well, now you guys got two shoulder. Will Contreras is in the, in the division with Gordon Ugh, and Wilson yeah. coming Brutal. against you. Yeah. It's gonna be a rough one, but we said we weren't gonna talk about baseball. No, so no, no, not talking about baseball. My bad. Not talking about baseball. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. It's just upsetting. So, yeah. Luke, you've been talking about sports a lot, and you kind of got in ready to get into it before college, even in early in yeah. high school. What would you be doing if you weren't talking sports? I, Steve, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no. I have. I, I, I would only guess 
So when the first job was ending and I was writing a check to leave a station for no reason, I was like, I think I'm getting out of this. Like I'd been there for staying there three and a half, four years um, was way beyond what anybody else stayed at a station like that. I had changed every role. You know, I'd been news producer, news reporter, weather anchor, finally sports like the last like six months of that. Right. And I was just kind of like this, this isn't worth it. This, this isn't what I got. I got into it to cover Chicago's real sporting events. I didn't get into it to cover, you know, some guy that's 35 miles from here. Like (laughs) I just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so if I had walked away, I probably would have gone back to school and become a teacher of some kind. Um, maybe even a media teacher, you know, like some sort of broadcasting teacher. I don't think they really existed then, but I think, I think I would have gone back to the teaching route or something like that, but I really, I don't know. I also was, you went into radio, Steve. I, I didn't choose TV because I wanted to be on television. That's why, again, why I didn't care about like podcasting or television or radio. I just wanted to talk about sports for a living. Right. I didn't want to have to math and I didn't want to have to science. And yeah. <laughs> so the idea of talking about sports for a living was what I really was interested in. So if I could have found another way to, for that path, maybe I would have gone that way. But I think I probably would have if I had finally quit, I probably would have walked away and been a teacher at some point. Almost nobody that I worked with at that first job is in television. Wow. Wow. Nobody. Uh, one guy is a reporter at in Houston at an ABC mm-hmm. affiliate. There's one. The sports guy is still there, and that's it. There are uh, nobody's. They they all bailed out after like one year, yeah. two year, three year. Everybody gets out because the yeah, money I, uh... the money sucks, and you're working on every holiday. I'm trying to think yeah. of the people that I, when I did sports down at Eastern, other than Cody, I'm trying to think of some of the other people that are still in media. It's only a couple, really. I have a friend of mine works over at Marquee. Um, and then a friend is, is a sports director. She's a sports director or sports reporter in Ohio somewhere. But a lot of the other people that we did, that, that did the play-by-play at Eastern yeah. that were in the sports department there, one guy was working in government, another, and that was pretty much it. I mean, it's tough. It, it's... It's one of the hardest industries to get into, but once you're in it, it's 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 hard to turn away. Yeah. Uh, even my second job in Lincoln, there's only one person there that I believe is still in television. It's the weather guy is still there. And but Lincoln, that's a, that's a good market sport. for sports too. Oh, yeah. It's a really good market. Yeah, You'd rather be there than Omaha, even though Omaha is a bigger market because you have the university. Um, but yeah, like even in, like news director, GM on down – nobody's in television they're they're all out wow so it's not it's definitely not for everybody no no that is for sure (laughs) so you know obviously ups and downs right Mm -hmm. like throughout like what was i guess what was the the lowest point and then what was your highest point where you felt like you would i guess reach a point in your career where you felt like you might have had like the coolest moment or maybe felt the most success? Uh, 
Well, I mean, like the the pinnacle was covering the World Series, not for what I did at the World Series. Like nothing, I I don't think anything I did there, or anybody did there was like earth shattering. I hosted shows live every night, getting ready for the games. And then leading up to Cap doing pregame with, at that time, Hollinsworth and Ryan Sandberg. So I would do the shows prior to that, right? Like the, the news-based show. Uh, at that time, it had turned into In the Loop. Um, but that's the whole reason I got into it, right? So mm-hmm. it's those mo- it's those moments where, you know, it's the first time you, you walk into Wrigley Field and you're getting paid and you're like, wow, can't believe I finally got it. It's, it's the first time you go to a Bears game and you're like, I'm covering a Bears game. Like, what? Covering yeah. Bears-Packers at Soldier Field. Uh, it's, it's, um, when I, I had no desire necessarily to ever be a hockey guy, but my first hockey assignment was riding on the championship bus after the second cup with Kane Crawford. And I can't remember who the other player was. That probably had to be nuts on that bus. Oh yeah, that, that really was. And then I was on it for the third cup, the same, the same bus. Um, those were, those were cool moments just to see the sea of Chicago sports fans. The Cubs parade was cool. Um, being there when they clinched the pennant to go to the world series, I was behind, you know, the bar area, the Budweiser area behind the concessions behind home plate before any renovation was done. Mm -hmm. So that was all closed off at that point. I was the only person there doing live shots for live coverage of the post-game show and so I ran out watched in the stands the final out experienced it like a fan and then ran back and jumped on like five seconds later live tv and I looked down and you can see the the sea of fans coming up the streets and the police and and everybody just going nuts but you were glad that you're up above it all you know so those are those are pinnacles right Mm mm-hmm Going to the white, I mean, I've been to the White House twice. So, I mean, it doesn't matter who's in the White House um, or what your political beliefs are. It, it shouldn't matter at all if you're going to the White House. Um, I went there once for a documentary I did with Ryan Sandberg. He happened to get invited by President Bush. And so I was there for a wiffle ball game that Rhino managed. That's kind of cool. <laughs> That's things. actually really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, um, it was spur of the moment. Like mm-hmm. he asked me to go. And two days later, the FBI had done a, a check on me and I'm in the white. Actually, that's a picture of us with the white house behind us. That's uh, uh, okay. a picture I had framed. Cause it was like, I'm here with my favorite player of all time. And we're standing in the ro- behind the Rose garden. Like, how did I end up here? You know? <laughs> yeah. And then went, and then went back with the Blackhawks uh, after they won the second cup. So, those were cool moments. Low side, gosh, guys. I mean, pick a day from the first. <laughs> yeah, pick a day from the first from... like seven years, but specifically that first job. I mean, I covered, mm. I covered finding dead bodies to like terrible wow. car accidents to standing waist deep in snow and pretending like I'm live, but I'm not live. It snowed so much there that people, that the news director, we had one pickup truck that had a plow on the front of it 
<laughs> and the news director, when they got storms, they would get like 30 inches a weekend. You you would get the snowstorm, then you would get the lake effect, and then you would get the second lake effect because there's Lake Michigan and Lake Superior. So they get like 30 mm -hmm. inches of snow a weekend. And mm -hmm. the news director would have to come in the plow to pick you up at your apartment. Like he, he'd have to plow the street, lead up to your apartment, and you'd jump in the thing. He'd drive you to where your story was going to be, drop you off, and come pick you up frozen like two hours later. That's low. Like that's, it's low. And, then you're, and doing this, then you're doing the news at 11 o'clock at night after he picked you up at 8 in the morning and you froze all day doing the story. Then you're sitting there editing tapes for all these people that are just. And is that like so when you're when you're up in Marquette, are you one man banding the whole entire stuff? Everything. Everything's, Never everything's had a still? photographer. Not one day. And, oh my and it, it's so far back in the in the archives that it's back when you had the three quarters camera, which was right. like, I don't know, 25, 30 pounds. And then you had a deck, a full size like recording system hanging yep. off the other shoulder and a cable between the two. Okay. This cable was like frayed and old and there was no replay on the camera. So now if you know, you take your phone and you're like, Oh, I got that. I can hear it. I can see it. It's all good. You would drive three and a half hours in the middle of nowhere on a two lane highway, get there, shoot a town hall meeting, drive three and a half hours back to the station. And if you got there and there was no picture because the cable wasn't working right, or there was no audio because the picture wasn't working right, or the tape crumpled up, they sent your ass back out there to go redo another story. And they'd be like, what's my story? They'd go find one. Ah. Like, you know, you worked some 20 hour days where it was just like, Endless. I, I probably averaged like at least 60 hour weeks. At least yep. you worked Oof. six days a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, there was no there was no benefit to it whatsoever because no. the stories were so bad you couldn't put them on a resume tape. And it's mm. not it, it's nothing to do with the talent that's doing the just the oh. the story either. It's sometimes you just well, literally couldn't see it. Some of it does. I mean, some, yeah. you know, I mean. <laughs> Trust me, I don't listen to my early there's tapes. There's a difference. Anyway. There's a difference between my first resume tape and my last resume. <laughs> yeah, I will say you, that. You, but I, you would hear one of my low points. My first job. All right. So I was at a. I I worked at. I was a general assignment reporter at the newspaper in Wasika, Illinois, which is just south of Kankakee, middle of nowhere. Okay. Like on near the border of Indiana and Illinois, um, and. So this is like small, like small town daily newspaper. Like everyone knows everyone. Like if you're in the paper, it's such a like an honor for so many people. Well, on the front page at the top right corner, they had this thing called the Daily Smile. All right. And so holy fuck, guys. The amount of times that I had to go out and just ask someone if I could like take a picture of them so they could be on this, like. And again, I wasn't from there. Like no one like knew who I was. Like who's the random dude who's asking to take a picture of me? Like it was like the most awkward, weird way to like do something. And the amount of times I had to go and do that. I think that was the worst <laughs> part of that job was just having to go and do that. And just that all I do is take a picture. That doesn't sound that bad, Cody. I can. It's top not that nearly. It's not nearly as. It's not nearly as bad as what you just explained, Luke. But like, let me tell you, it was. It was just. It. I. If anything, it was just the most awkward thing I've ever had to do. I mean, I I I had to go drive to militias after the 
Oklahoma City bombing, and I, I won't even get it. That was so crazy. I We had to go places where there basically was no law, and people were cutting down trees, trying to hit our cars. We were like uh, trying to hit the car with full-size trees because they didn't want us on their property. That's yeah. How about – have I told you the one about the bloody golf balls on my neck? No. No. So the, the first spring that I was there, they sent me out for some like 50 year class reunion in some town of like, you know, 400, an hour and a half away. Is right? it in Oklahoma City? No, no, no. This is in Marquette, Michigan. Oh, in Marquette, Michigan. Yeah. Okay, so they right. sent me to another small town up there, like an hour and a half away on, on one of the millions of lakes that are up there. And they're like, it's a 50 year class reunion. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I drive up there with my gear. And I was also the weekend weather guy at the time. So this, this was a little bit further in and I knew that I needed weather video for my newscast the next day that I thought I could probably fake and be like, Hey, what a great week it's been, you know? So I went down to the lake and it was, it was spring there. So now you're talking like June and, and the, the lakes are thawing. Right. And these two kids are jumping off a dock into this water. That's gotta be like, 35 degrees you know it's got to be just absolutely freezing and i'm down there on the shore trying to get this cool angle because the bosses all cared about the camera angles mm. and i keep like man the bugs are uh you know swatting my neck i go up in my white dress shirt and my tie and my suit pants after getting this video to this celebration of a 50-year reunion and the lady looks at me and her face goes white with like fear and she's just like oh my lord what happened i'm like what and she's she's like your neck i'm like like what i kind of grab my neck and i look at my hand and it's covered in blood it's like i'm in one of those horror movies my hands are just <laughs> full of blood <laughs> so now, now she's like she's just, you're bleeding i'm like what they bring me into this restaurant i my shirt is soaked with blood around the back of my neck it was no season up there. So these no are hatching black flies, little tiny black flies around the lake. And I was allergic to the bites. Oh, no. 50 times worse than mosquito bite. I got back to the station an hour and a half later, and I had golf balls literally all around my neck. It looked like I had not the mumps, but like literally half-sized golf balls all over my neck. Wow. <laughs> they itched like that for two weeks. That's it not a tomato so, soup bath. I couldn't fix. do anything. My neck was just like inflamed. They had to lance one. Like the whole thing was, and I was like, this is for 13 grand a year. And I'm not talking sports. When is it enough? When, when, is, when it is, enough? is it enough? And that was, that was one of the points I was real close. Yeah. That would have that would have put me. That, I feel like that, that would have put me over the top. But we, it was all worth like it, that. though, right? All worth it. Uh, yeah, you know when you when the Cubs win the World Series, you're like, <laughs> it was worth it. Actually, even yeah. before that, like that, yeah. just getting to cover Chicago sports made it worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I enjoyed. I covered the Spurs for a championship. It was enjoyable, but that's not my team. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you get to know the players because you're there every day, but. I'm not excited about it like Spurs fans are excited about it. But when the Cubs mm-hmm. win, the Bulls win, the Blackhawks win, even the White Sox win, 
it's an excitement that you can't experience unless you grew up rooting for all of those teams. You just can't. Mm -hmm. If you're not a fan, there's no reason to be in it. And mm -hmm. so to be able to cover Chicago sports, whether it's podcasting or television, it's, you know, that's the real deal. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do it? I, I, good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Luke. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. You're giving me the boot, aren't you? That's it. I that's guess. the hook. It was, it, was it the pussy sores <laughs> thing? From the, was that the light? Was was it the lanced pussy sore that was bleeding on my neck that had that was what we'll got put me a content warning up and then it'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's eating breakfast listening to this podcast. All anymore. I'm saying is when I come in the office tomorrow, if you have a picture, if you happen to have a picture, I'd love to see it. <laughs> no, because there were no digital cameras, Cody. There literally was nothing back Fair. there. Yeah. I true. have a picture of the snow, which you've seen. Yeah. You, right. Like I'm standing. The on snow is literally like as high as you are, man. It, my birthday's in March and it was like, three feet above me and three feet below me that's that's too yeah. I, I like a little bit of snow that's too much snow. Nah, it's that's too much snow. yeah that's yeah. not good yeah yeah well um, i appreciate you guys having me on yeah, thanks I, for I, I feel like the first uh the first guest ever on the tonight show you don't know in 20 years you could be look i could be looking back when i'm in assisted living saying look at the show i was on one time cody yeah, we getting ready for retirement yeah well Maybe I'll hit up Chris and see if he can get me a partnership with uh, Shady Rays. And we, That's right. And Steve will sit here and, and wear Shady Rays all the time. You know what That's I mean? That's a deal like, right there, yeah. <laughs> just let me know. So I have to I have to fill out things at the university if I <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. That's a different uh, conversation to get into. Yeah, right? <laughs> get the government involved. Yeah. It's always something. Anyway. Uh, well, yeah, it no, was it, was, it was it was cool to it was cool to hear some of the stories, Luke, and you know, I, you know, because I've told you enough times, it's you know, the there's I got immense respect for you, and uh, yeah, but that's part yeah. of why that's another reason why I joined Cody because I knew you had gone through like maybe it's not the same story, but I know I knew you were doing small town stuff. Like mm -hmm. I I don't say it's the path for everybody, um, you know, like going through those trials and tribulations aren't for everybody, but I always have an appreciation appreciation for anybody that's willing to do it. Even mm -hmm. if they quit at it, if you're willing to do it for a little while, I know what they've gone through. And I, I appreciate the work ethic and drive it takes to get through it. Even though some people will never know it, you know, like yeah. some people will never know what it takes to get or took for certain people to get somewhere because it's easy for some people. That's okay. It's, it's mm -hmm. a different path for everybody. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I can't do this, it sucks, I'm going nowhere, just remember that your path is different than somebody else's path. And it might take 20 years. It might take 10 years to get where you want to go. But you're all, what do I say? So you're saying there's a shot. You're saying there's a chance. They you're could still get Correa, Cody. <laughs> Talk myself into it, Luke. Uh, you got a better shot of a lot of other things. <laughs> We can talk about that more tomorrow. Yeah, Thanks we again, will. man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Luke. All right. We got about 13 minutes, Stove. Um, shoot, do we want to talk about Grant Wall first, or do we want to talk yeah, about uh, Skip and, and yeah. Shannon going crazy? <laughs> um, I mean, they're both very different conversations. Grant, the Grant Wall situation and death is – very 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 uh sad 
uh, as any death is. Uh, this one in particular, there's there it was preventable in, in, in my own opinion. Um, I'm about to get real political in here in a second, so apologize. The World Cup in Qatar should never have happened. FIFA is one of, FIFA is one of we... the most corrupt organizations in yes. the world. Grant Wall uh, was doing his job. Mm-hmm. He was there covering the World Cup. Um and doing a great job at it. He's he, he everyone on Twitter was saying he is the soccer voice. The, the was the American soccer voice. Mm-hmm. To lose that in a sport that desperately needs it in the United States is uh is is a killer. That's the wrong phrase. Is is awful for for the for the sport, the growth of the sport. Um Grant Wall also the reason people know LeBron James the way that people know LeBron James is because Grant Wall went to Ohio and covered call, covered him and called him the chosen one in Ohio. Um, you don't get some of the great soccer stories, some of the great LeBron James stuff, Sports Illustrated, without him. Um, he called out Sports Illustrated, too, when they were docking pay for no reason. He called out a lot of people on their, their COVID restrictions or non-restrictions Called out the World Cup, called out FIFA and Qatari um, officials in in Qatar, and was probably killed for it. Um, that's that's yeah, that's really so, that, <laughs> where I stand. No, and and that's fine. You're not the only person who thinks that or believes that. Like it, the the irony of him passing after getting death threats because he wore you know the the pride flag a pride flag shirt or whatever because he was supporting his brother uh you know like yeah you can jump to some conclusions there and 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 have you know believe that maybe that happened i guess we'll see whenever like that uh was it i don't think we'll ever get the right answers you don't think well well, it is in qatar right so like they could just you know again more conspiracy theories if you really want to go that far um yeah, I, I, I'm with you, though, on, like, the World Cup shouldn't have been there. Um, and the fact – why we're having a, a, a world soccer tournament in a country that has all those issues uh, as far as, like, human rights, <laughs> that's – I don't – like, well, whose ideal is that? Like, who who thought – like, and, and I haven't – I've barely followed the World Cup. So whenever I heard that he passed that night, I learned that same information that, that that's a thing there. And I was like, what are, what were they even thinking? And so like, it was all just kind of like, like, wow. Like, I can't believe that this happened. So yeah, no, not only was he a great voice for soccer, he was a great college basketball voice too. Like he, mm-hmm. he did, he did a lot for the industry, man. Like, and it's sad. Cause not, didn't he wasn't even 50 years old when he passed. Like just, just, some of the some of the best talented people, whether it is whether it's this industry or whatever, like in the last few years, I feel like we have lost so many people that are just just immensely talented at some at what they do. And this guy is now gone for feels like it's going to be a controversy for a long time ahead. So, yeah, it's it's one of those where you have a country that it's illegal to be gay. It's mm-hmm. um women don't have any rights or very little rights. Mm-hmm. Migrant workers were being killed or dying, building these stadiums in the literal deserts. They built sit. They built a city in, in Qatar to have a, uh, a stadium because 
of what ever bribes were taken by FIFA because a country like Qatar does not get the World Cup without that. Um, yes, there's there's a lot of things uh, that that if FIFA has gone through in the past. There was people that were arrested that were in charge of FIFA by the United States government at one point in time because of all the corruption. That's going to happen again. I I don't see why it doesn't. When the State Department gets involved in a death of an American journalist pretty quickly in a country that is very secretive, um, I don't know if we'll ever get 100% right answers or 100% correct. Not Maybe not right, but 100% answers. But uh, yeah, it's very sad. Uh, my thoughts and our thoughts go out to the Wall family. Um, he had a wife, um, his brother seem is the one that's kind of been giving out the information a lot yeah. um it's very sad that uh, like you like you were saying a talent like that um <clears throat> dies early at 49 uh, not mm. just that husband brother and yeah just overall seems like overall good person yeah yeah i think that was the thing too i saw so many tweets there were so many uh you know, journalists that I follow on Twitter that were <laughs> tweeting about him the night that it happened. And, uh, you know, so many people saying so many nice things about him. And it's just, you know, I didn't get to know him. There's a one of the guys who do the CHGO Fire podcast. Um, I think he has he at least knows him. And I I, get, I retweet him the other night just because I wanted people to see, um, you know, uh, just something about him because he, he said something so nice about Grant and I wanted people to see that just because uh, I, I obviously I don't know him but um, yeah and uh, yeah it's just it just sucks and uh, you know all I can hope for is that the right answers come out and uh, but I ain't gonna hold my breath on it man no unfortunately no. Um, let's switch it to something a little bit more comedic but also kind of like what the fuck and uh <laughs> That's the 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 on air fight between Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp today. I mean, what the fuck was that, Stove? I mean, I freaking. I'm Skip gonna be Bayless honest. Straight up, just like I'm gonna be honest. Just just going full like full on like just so he the, can be right. Basically, insulting Shannon Sharp on national television. The only time I watch <laughs> Fox Sports One is when they have Big Ten sports, yep. or baseball playoffs. Fair. I Same here. The, the, the product on Fox Sports One hasn't been that great. They tried, and they're the early, the only show that they have running every day that I know of, at least, is Undisputed yeah. with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. If you have not seen clips of the show, congratulations, uh, mm-hmm. because they're literally everywhere every day. I do not like Skip Bayless. That's fair. A lot of people don't like Skip Bayless. (laughs) I didn't like him on ESPN. I don't like him on Fox Sports 1. I don't like the hot take debate style of sports talk in general. Um, Just yelling at each other because someone you think is is wrong. Because for lots of – I mean, you don't get a point across. You don't have a good conversation. I like hearing conversations. Yeah, And then you also get stuff like this where then something gets taken out of context or maybe not out of context – and it becomes personal. And when stuff on television and radio becomes personal, that's when you lose you you lose the enter- the entertainment value. Then goes away. It's then a personal fight, and then it's just gossipy TMZ stuff 
mm-hmm. that you're watching between two sports pe- personalities. And yes, I'm sure that clip has gone viral. It's been on awful announcing. It's been pretty much everywhere on Twitter. It very well could have been staged because that's the way that they work. That's the way yeah. that that those type of undisputed first take type shows work is it's that's what they do and it works i guess for them people keep watching but mm-hmm. man stop yelling yeah <laughs> like ed farmer so, telling people stop yelling <laughs> so like the main quote um from shannon sharp and this all has to do with shannon sharp saying that tom brady isn't playing well this year which and it's not a hot not. take to begin with. That's statistically, he has been pretty mediocre. Yeah, he's, he's not playing up to Tom Brady standards, right? Right. This is probably um, the greatest quarterback of all time we're talking about. True. Right. Um, <laughs> but here, I'll just read the one, the main quote from Shannon Sharp. He said, Skip, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. I got three Super Bowls. And then. Uh, I think Skip said something along the lines of like, I don't care. And then he's, and then Sharp said, see what you do. You take personal shots. You, you would take a personal shot at me. Uh, You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year. Um, And yeah, so that's, that's, that's basically uh, again. Yeah. I'm interested to see if like, I don't know. They talk about this tomorrow, like at the very beginning of their show, just to just because like, I don't know, like the way that Shannon Sharp responded was reacting. Shannon's on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, again, sometimes people can like clip videos and put them on the Internet and make it seem like make it all come out 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 of context. But like I looked at Shannon Sharp's Twitter feed before we did the show and like he tweeted some clips from their show today and like you know his podcast they does like there was nothing about skip bayless on there so you know like i i don't know but it was just one of the more like wild like interactions between you know these these popular shows whether it's fs1 or first take and listen i'll be honest with you like i don't i don't watch for or i don't watch undisputed and the only time i really care about looking at anything on first take is if a, I know that Stephen a is going to go in on the Cowboys because I just think that that bit is, is, that bit is hilarious. Um, It's that. And then I think, and it's always, it always has to do with Stephen a, because I I think Stephen a is incredible personally from an entertainment, from the entertainment side. Um, So when Stephen a, for sure, for sure. He's embraced that for sure. But it's either Stephen A and something to do with the Cowboys losing, or Stephen A and um, what's his other bit? He has another bit. I think it's I, I can't think of the other bit. But um, yeah, mainly I tune in for Stephen A uh, on first take if I actually do turn it on. And usually it's not even that I'm turning it on. It's more of like I'm just watching the clips on Twitter or Instagram or whatever like that. I mean, those so, shows those shows have been made for viral TikTok Twitter. Mm-hmm short form yeah videos. yeah yeah um so you know uh it's just very interesting stuff my man so um one thing i will say uh you know i don't think that our shows the chgo podcasts 
I don't think any of us get too hot takey, though someone did get mad at me today in the chat because I said that Wilson Contreras' uh, Players' Tribune article was a slap in the face to the fans. Um, and then when I say someone, I think I think I got a bunch of people telling me that I was wrong about that. But I will say um, the Wilson Contreras exit to the division rival, praising everything the division rival does and not really saying anything about the Cubs is an interesting path by him. Yeah. When you play yeah. them 16 times a year. Right. right? And well, it's going down because the schedule's all changing up. But yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's an interesting uh, move by right. him to get into right. a little sports talkie, but <laughs> yeah, like I said, it, uh, it, it, I he's a good player. Mm. Uh, no, I, I think, think he's a, a great I, player. I think he's a little overrated. That's just me. Okay, but but he is a good player. I also think because he killed the White Sox whenever they played him, so I think I hate him a little bit more. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but he, again, he's a good player. He'll fit in well. The, he's going to fit in well in that Cardinals lineup. That Cardinals lineup is really good. Yeah. Um. But man, that's both both Chicago sports teams. It's like that one meme of the stick figure with the stick poking the dead body. <laughs> do yeah. something. Yeah. That's it's it. That's what it is because yeah. both teams are just they're sitting on their hands. Rick Holland's right. waiting for the trade market to fall out. Well, Sean Murphy just right. got traded today, so the big chip is gone. Right. What are you going to do? Right. The Cubs have yeah. all the money they mm. can want. Right. Supposedly. Well, yeah. Go Bears. So, yeah, go, go Bears. Go, go Justin Fields. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's going to wrap up tonight's show. And to end what we were talking about there, it's more about, like, you know, we don't – to go back what you were saying about how you feel like sometimes those shows can purposely stage that shit. Like I, I don't, I, I don't completely disagree. Um, but I do think that those shows are for, I think those shows are mainly for like casual fans that yes, are just flipping through the channels. I agree. I think anyone who wants really good sports content, you're, you're going to podcasts, you're going to you're going hyper local. Yeah. You you're definitely like going hyper local. Yeah. Mm hmm. I have to say For some sure. of the most criticism that comes to the teams in town has been from, I mean, you guys at CHGO and then the local blog podcasts because, mm. I mean. Not owned by owners. Like Marquee and NBC Sports are owned yeah. by the teams. Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Or some of the beat writers in the pocket, not pockets, but get their information from the teams. Yeah, so they have they can only say so much without losing their source, right? Or they just throw fans on the bus for not showing up to the stadium mm-hmm. for a season, even though there's been two million people at the Sox this year. But I digress. <laughs> okay, well, uh, this was fun, man. Uh, was shout time. out to shout out to Luke for coming on the show. Got to get to know him a little bit more tonight, which was fun. There's so much more that we probably could have sat here and talked about. So I'm sure maybe, maybe, maybe sometime down the road we'll have him back on. But um, I don't know who's coming on next, man. But uh, if we'll if figure you it have out, an idea, yeah, if you have an idea, I, that was my idea. He was my idea. Oh, if, you, if there's someone you know, there's or if you so, if there's that? someone if there's someone that that I work with that you're interested in, let me know mm. and I'll ask him. Mm. You know what I mean? I I, I have that capability you know it's true that's true so you you um, are in the number three market in the country right now so i am yeah 
Feels good to say. Feels good to say. I bet it does. I bet it does. <laughs> bet All it right. Does. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Uh, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure you're following Steve on Twitter at at or was it your boy stove? Your boy stove. Your boy stove on Twitter. Your boy stove. And I'm Cody. It's the one with the blue CHGO. check for now. Yeah. He has the blue check mark. I don't. I'm a I'm an unverified bad boy. And I refuse to pay eight bucks to go on Twitter blue. But he's actually like legit one. I have, so I have legit verification. Your legit verification. Good for legit you, man. Cool. Um, and, for, and follow uh, the podcast on Twitter. It's just connections underscore pod. Um, yeah. So, uh, we'll see you next time and, uh, peace.